Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. いい当たりだ。太陽を残してバックスクリーン直線。やや左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左左
Yeah, oh, okay, yes. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Having some fun with it there. Uh, do we have some sound from that game? I, of course, have thought about that game. A lot of people have thought about that game. It felt so dystopian and so odd at the time in the wake of the of, of the Freddie Gray um, situation in Baltimore and the rioting that took place. Um, the White Sox and Orioles played in an empty stadium in Baltimore, and it was just so weird. You could hear conversations on the field could hear the foul balls rattling around the stands out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it was very, very strange. Like those home runs sounded very strange. Jones' approach to the plate with Carroll delivering. Jones will whack the son of a gun to center field. That's very deep. It's deep, and it's off the base of the wall. He will head to second base. Adam Jones has a double... Uh, that is Gary Thorne having some fun with the Masters, which has also been canceled. As we live in a world without sports. 670, the score is where you are. I'm taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Steve Stone in a little bit less than one hour. Very much looking forward to that conversation. But um, for now, I want to talk with you about separating the excellence from the cheating or the even the suspected cheating. Because sometimes you don't know for sure how much of what the Astros did was due to cheating and how much was due to them being really, really good. It's a mixed bag is the true answer. How much of what Roger Clemens was able to accomplish in his career was him being really, really good and him potentially cheating. We just had that conversation and you're welcome to react to that conversation as well, because here's what's true. Undeniably true. Clemens started with a fastball and a curve. 98-mile-hour fastball, hard-breaking ball. At 23, all he had to do was throw. And then you've heard me talk about this. You've heard us discuss so many pitchers who age. We've talked about it in regards to Craig Kimbrell of late. I've been wondering if he can change what he does. It's why I want him to throw some of those change-ups that he throws every spring for the last 11 years. want him to change up the sequencing, maybe throw more of the knuckle curve or throw it in different counts instead of just trusting his fastball to do its job. Because Roger Clemens later in his life developed that devastating split-fingered fastball. And he also ended up using a two-seam fastball to go with his four-seamer, a slider in in the mid-80s, that hard splitter, And by then, the occasional curveball, right around 75 miles an hour. His four-seam fastball had settled into about 91 to 94 by 2007. And so, so that all happened. He did adjust, add pitches, change how he went about it, get smarter, work out. All of that still happened, regardless of how much he did or did not use performance enhancing drugs. And I was reminded of it this week, reminded of it this week as I read about Barry Bonds, an amazing piece on The Athletic by Andrew Baggerly. And there's, there's parts of it where, as I referenced with Roger, where you could see Barry Bonds as a sympathetic figure if you wanted to, if you wanted to go that far and see him as a guy who says he feels like a ghost, feels like MLB has given him a death sentence. And, and you could go there and have that conversation if you want. I'm more interested in the conversation about what is cheating, what is excellence, because they both existed within bonds. I've often talked about during those ridiculous seasons with bonds at his biggest and at his best, he would get like one pitch to hit every night, maybe one 
every night. Maybe two in a series, in a three-game series. And he would hit it. He would pounce on it and destroy it. Because, I mean, look back at the numbers of how many times he was walked. Look back at the numbers of how many times he, um, he even was thrown strikes. The strike percentage for Bonds. Just, just ridiculous. You didn't bother. During those seasons, you did not bother. There was one year where Bonds walked 232 times. 232 times. And he had an on-base percentage of 609 in that year. I mean, the numbers are outrageous. But that great article in The Athletic depicted what made him so brilliant. And remember that he was the best player in baseball before the home run barrage of 1998. Remember that he was a guy who, I believe, clean, won three MVPs, finished top five four other times before Sammy and McGuire took over the game in 98, and Bond said, what are those guys couldn't hold my jock, and he started to go crazy and get bigger and bigger and, and bombs away. Dude was outrageous. You're talking about a guy who had 42 homers and 40 stolen bases in 1996. 151 walks, as I believe a clean player. I don't know, but I believe that's when it happened is 98. But one of the young hitting coaches for the Giants, they have three of them under Gabe Kapler. They have three young, different hitting coaches. And Bonds was in the Giants camp last week to, to talk with them, to help instruct a little bit. And also, they wanted to learn how to translate what Bonds did so well at the plate to what they have now in their arsenal. All the analytics, all the, the technology, their hit lab, the force plates that guys stand on as they try to learn how best to transfer their weight from back to front. How, how best to maximize their swing plane. So the Giants wanted to, to pick Barry Bonds' brain. One of the young hitting coaches um, is uh, was 16 when Bonds was doing what he did in, in 2002, winning an MVP, one of four in a row, leading the Giants to the pennant. And he kept a Google Drive of Bonds videos that got bigger every year, never expected to be able to spend a half hour talking shop with the player that he called the best hitter who ever lived and, quote, the holy grail of movement, unquote. And... His name, I believe, is John Ecker. Ecker said this, that a lot of what the greatest do, they can't explain. It was so natural to him. The thing I don't think people talk about enough with Barry is how disciplined his training was. The biggest message we want to send to our kids is mastering the strike zone. Barry Bonds mastered the strike zone right away. He did not care about getting to two strikes. He did not care about giving up a strike. He actually said he doesn't really worry about balls and strikes. All he thinks about is yes or no. This is whether to swing. It's really prioritizing what you swing at and what you don't. We've evolved in terms of fancy words for decision making, but really the best hitters have already made the decision. So then something has to stop them from swinging. That's what Barry was elite at. He already knew what he wanted to swing at. And if it was in that area, it was a yes. And if it wasn't, he was totally comfortable shutting it down. Think about that. So often we think about a hitter at the plate and the mindset we assume is, should I swing? Should I swing? Yes. And what 
the hitting coach is talking about Bonds, and Bonds would later confirm, is that it is a yes from the get-go. It starts as a yes. It's always yes. And then how good are you at saying a late no? And how comfortable are you at saying a late no? That That's a subtle shift, which I think is fascinating. His lower body movement, continues Andrew Baggerly on The Athletic. Giants hitters in camp are taking swings in the cage while standing on force plates, wearing motion capture K-vests to track not only weight shifts, but center of mass transfer pressure. It helps hitters see if they are drifting too much or overstriding or being inefficient in their movements. This is what the best ball clubs in the game are working on now. And Ecker continued about Barry. Barry's ground interface was elite. What we're looking for is when you transfer pressure, we want to see where your center of mass is. We call it putting walls all around the body. Barry was really good. You could put him in a door frame, and he operated really tight within that door frame. There wasn't much wasted movement. Those are things we are trying to produce with guys. How late can you create bat speed? The name of the game is the gas pedal. And we want to accelerate as late as possible. That's what Barry Bonds was great at. This is me, Matt Spiegel, talking now after reading that to you from The Athletic. So instead of thinking, um, I might swing, I might swing. All right, I will swing. He's thinking, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, and then stopping. And his natural, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, okay, here I go, was incredibly late and incredibly fast because he was comfortable saying no very, very late. And he was strong enough to hold himself back when the body and the brain was thinking swing. That's the stuff. You talk to hitters, talk to hitting coaches, and they will eat that kind of stuff up and and dream of having those instincts. So what I'm saying is Bonds was really good. Really, really good. Smart. Well-trained, brilliantly calm in a way that reminds me of how other guys who, who probably used Manny Ramirez was brilliantly calm at the plate. These guys often are a blend of excellence and cheating on whatever level. And I want to know how that is for you. If you're able to separate those things, if it's messy for you. Um, or if you found it easier to do as you get older, we'll take your phone calls and talk about it. We'll take your texts at 67011 as well. Yeah, I think the thing that scared me the most, too, was during the offseason when there was the rumors that Mike Trout was possibly taking HGH or PED for a thyroid issue. Just because I look at him as kind of our, at least our, my generation's Barry Bonds. The fact that he has been so clean and through Bonds' first years before he started juicing, he had you know three MVPs. He was dominant. And I don't think that, you know, if the, the rumors came out that Mike Trout, you know, starting in 2020, started taking PADs, I don't think it would ruin the fact that Mike Trout was still the best baseball player I've seen in my lifetime. Well, that's, that's the thing. And I wonder if time, I, I, I mean, I know that times have changed in terms of people's perceptions and what we're willing to accept and where the moral compass stands for certain things in the game and in life. And, and that's, that's fascinating as it is. 
to me. But I just, I think there's a lot of people who look at it and say, cheat, that's it. Yep, cheating, that's that. And it's just, it's not that simple. I, I, I understand the desire to have it be that simple, but that's just not the truth. Jose Altuve was an all-star before this whole, you know, Astros cheating system was even implemented. Alex Bregman was a first-round draft pick because he was a phenomenal college baseball player right. at LSU. And then, These guys are great talents. And then the trash can stuff made them better. It gave them unfair opportunities. And that is true. But how do you separate if you do? 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can text at 67011. It's Matt Spiegel with you here. Sunday mornings means hit and run for baseball conversation. Steve Stone at the top of the hour. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Did people offer you help, Roger, in terms of medicine or magic pills? Like, that stuff was out there. Did people offer it to you? Uh, not at all. Not, not None of that. So, uh, there was I, I, again. I don't know what magic pills will make help you with the you know throwing strikes or being effective in the strike zone or being you know when you talk again when you talk about being a power pitcher that's yeah. just it. That's a bit of my conversation with Roger Clemens last hour. Thank you, Sean Anderson, for turning that around. I know it's available already online uh, at six seventy the score. Dot com and via radio.com. I will, in fact, retweet that right now from Matt Spiegel 670. Tried to uh, get inside Roger's head on uh, perhaps why he went down the path he went down. And I do think he went down the path. He uh, has denied and will continue to do so. But appreciated the conversation, that's for sure. And talking with you about the complex nature of, of dissecting cheating and excellence and how those things... Uh, work together and some texters getting in matt i used to love you based on you being an idiot i guess he loved that i was an idiot but getting to know you i've come to terms that you are the score's top guy all right i like that he loved me either way that's excellent i appreciate that but he goes on to talk about how the cheating is is deeper than um than just the astros it's other teams things like that another texture says i agree it's really complicated and uh, folks, folks wondering uh, what you do. It's interesting. Texture says, I don't know if you'd have the clip in the vault, but just before Clemens went to Toronto, Tom Scher was adamant that Roger Clemens was done, over with. And he went on and on about it. Well, Tom Scher, who had some roots in Boston. Um, I don't think Tom was wrong. I don't think Dan Duquette was wrong when he said that the twilight was coming. The twilight was long and was held off because... 
Clemens evolved and added a whole bunch of different pitches. He changed and he stayed healthy. And I think there were other things involved as well. Roger says no, but I sure think there were other things involved. But without those things, I think it would have been the twilight. So I don't think Tom Sherr was wrong. We go to the phone lines. This is Ted in Virginia on 670 The Score. What's up, Ted? How are you? Baseball. Speaks, it's great to talk with you in these days of no baseball. Um, <laughs> I really appreciated the way you went about your interview with Clemens. Um, he's so old school that if you were going to just directly attack him, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, he is in constant denial, much like Pete Rose was for you know, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that works against Clemens when it comes time for Hall of Fame uh, consideration. Um, I, th- I, I, think that, wanted... I think that's true, Ted. And I think, you know, in terms of the old school and the way he goes about it, I could have, I would have immediately ended up being like him and Mike Piazza in a World Series game, throwing bat shards <laughs> at each other, you know? I mean, right. and what, is, yeah. what, what, is, what does that accomplish? N- not much. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and, I, and that's why I appreciated the way you did that. In, in terms of the cheating in baseball, I think it all comes down to ethics. You know, if if you're using steroids ethically, that's probably not not right. And and banging on a garbage can is the same thing. You know, I was I played a little high school ball. I wasn't very good. I was Jose Altuve's size, and still am. But you know, if I had the help of steroids, maybe some of those Texas leaguers would have been doubles in the gap um, and things like that. You know, it just kind of it's always stuck with me. Um, yeah. Had I used steroids, maybe my career could have been different. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it could have. I, I think it could have. I think that's the sad part. And what you're talking about, those incremental differences between a Texas leaguer and a double in the gap is true for a lot of, lot of people. And I think the difference between warning track fly balls and a 405-foot home run was true for a lot of people. And let alone the difference between a 420-foot home run and a 450-foot home run, which maybe we noticed a little bit more. Those kind of things. So it, it gets very, very messy in there and difficult to quantify exactly. Thanks for the call, Ted. This is Rick in Rogers Park on 670 The Score. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Uh, I'm, you know, in comparison to Mike Trout, in my mind at least, um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Frank Thomas because to me he was the absolute best and purest hitter with with no cheating or aid whatsoever. So I'm curious as as what you think about that. I mean, and statistically, to me Frank Thomas was every bit as good off. I know he's not a, as complete of a player as Mike Trout, but he was every bit as good uh, offensively uh, and for uh, much more uh, you know number of years. So. I'll hang up and listen to your response on that. Thanks, man. Yeah, there's a case to be made that Frank Thomas is one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. There absolutely is a case to be made for that. Frank's numbers in terms of his on-base, his eye mixed with his power, is up there with Ted Williams and Jimmy Fox and people like that. You're looking at nine, excuse me, ten different years of at least 100 walks. You know, 521 homers, a career on-base percentage of 419, career OPS of 974. I, I, it, if Frank was clean the entire way, it is a remarkable achievement within that time frame and his entire career. And he insists that he was, and I have no reason to disbelieve that. Frank was a big young man. 
a very big and strong young man who stayed a very big and strong young man as he became an older man and a middle-aged man and was consistently very large and very strong. And there were weights and everything like that, but it, it didn't, you never really saw anything in terms of a jump in power, in terms of a jump physically. You know, I remember when Bonds's head grew and he had to change his hat size like three different times. I don't know if Frank ever had to change his hat size. I don't know that he, I, I know that he didn't look like he did. That's for sure. And Frank maintains it, and I, and I believe it. Frank is a, a crazy anomaly to me as a hitter because what he does with that foot coming off the ground, it just shouldn't make sense for the ability to generate power. It just shouldn't. I mean, we're sitting here talking about force plates and weight transfer, and what did they say about Barry Bonds? His ground interface, you know? I'd like, uh, I'd like somebody to talk to me about Frank Thomas's ground interface. Maybe I'm the only guy who wants to have that conversation. I bet Justin Stone, director of hitting for the Cubs, and some of these other hitting cage tech people would have that conversation. I want to know about Frank Thomas's ground interface. That's a new term. What's ground interface? I, that, that's what the guy used, the hitting coach used in the Bonds thing. What he's talking about with these force plates, the ground interface is like how their entire body relates to the ground. Where their weight stands when they start, how their weight shifts during the swing, where they finish in terms of their weight transfer. Because that's everything. What you're trying to do, I believe, is time your weight transfer so it perfectly matches when you make contact and your bat speed. Think about um, the classic style Walt Riniak, Charlie Lau hitting technique. Picture Dwight Evans if you can. Or... Any number of of other hitters, I think, you know, Ricky Henderson, all the weight back, right? And then you explode forward. And that's what everybody's doing on some level, whether it's obvious physically, visually or not. With Evans and with Ricky Henderson, guys like that, it was very obvious. All their weight was back and then it came forward because their whole body did it. A lot of people can do that without shifting their entire body. That's... That, that's the stuff. And there's different ways to get there, different ways to do it. Ah, but the ground interface. I want to know. This is Stan and Bellwood on Hit and Run. Good morning, Stan. Welcome to Baseball Without Baseball on Hit and Run. Ah, we're on uncharted uh, territory here, man. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself right yeah, now. Yeah, Thank man. God for Hit and Run. That uh, Hit and Run is even more of a constant than actual baseball. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely crazy, man. But it, it's it's going to be interesting times. I mean, I, I, on the on the broader topic of what the hell we're going to do with ourselves to replace the Daily Companion, have you thought about it? Have you thought about what you're going to do? I know how much. Oh, my God. Matt, listen. Or Don't forget, ordinarily, today would be Selection Sunday. Uh, I, yes. Um, I've been immersed in, uh, you know, even though I've been, uh, you know, following the uh, uh, comings and goings of, you know, spring training, uh, you know, trying to figure out uh, which teams and which players are going to be good and, uh, you know, trying to get a head start on baseball. Uh, I watch a, 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 during uh, February and uh, early March, I, I uh, immerse myself in college basketball and watch games until I'm uh, – uh, blurry-eyed, you know, trying to trying to find a sleeper or trying to yeah, find not, someone other than 
the uh, you know the same old uh, same old Dukes and Kentuckys and you know Carolinas and Gonzagas, and uh, we don't have that today either. So uh, no, 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 no uh, you know me, and I, uh, the only thing left for me right now that's uh, still in place for now uh, is the road to the Kentucky Derby. They're running the preps, and uh, you know as of right now the Derby's still on. So. <laughs> I'm still handicapping races and watching derby preps, but there is nothing else. This is this is uncharted territory right now. Thankfully, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, thankfully, baseball offers endless conversational angles, and that's always oh, been absolutely. always been one of my favorite things about it. And those conversational uh, avenues uh, continue. Um, your thoughts on the. Uh, on the conversation here about separating the cheating from the excellence, uh, Bonds in the news and Clemens on mm-hmm. the air last hour. I, I enjoyed the uh, the, uh, inter- the Clemens interview. Um, I hadn't heard much uh, from him mm-hmm. uh, the last few years. Um, and I, I want to point this out insofar as the Hall of Fame, Matt. Uh, normally, uh, I'm going to keep the steroids and PED abusers out. Because I think there's a degree of inauthenticity, uh, which, which is why I'm against uh, McGuire and Sosa. I mean, I, I don't believe that Sosa was totally authentic. Uh, and that's why I would never, you know, if, if I had a ballot uh, or, you know, my feelings are that he's not a Hall of Famer and doesn't belong. In the case of Clemens and Bonds, I make an exception because uh, although I'm not anti-analytics, I believe that there is a, you know, there's room for everything. But the common sense and the eyeball test, I rely a lot on. Mm-hmm. There's, having seen the entirety of both Bonds and Clemens's career, there's no doubt in my mind, that, uh, uh, steroids notwithstanding, that when I watched them, I was watching two of the all-time greatest players. Clemens is on the short list of the greatest pitchers of all time, mm-hmm. and Barry Bonds is on the short list of the greatest players of all time. The four greatest, uh, most complete baseball players that I saw with my own eyes are Mays, Aaron, Bonds, and Ken Griffey Jr. Mm. So I say. Uh, tell their stories. You know, don't don't shy away from what they did. Put it on their plaque. But Clemens and Bonds belong in the Hall of Fame, and it's not a true Hall of Fame unless they're in it. I make exceptions for them that I don't make for Manny Ramirez, even though I, I regard Manny Ramirez as uh, one of the five or six greatest right-handed hitters of all time. Yeah. But I'm a no on him because he got caught uh, cheating Twice he tested positive twice after this mess and after testing guidelines were put in place. So he's a guy who didn't give a damn. Well, and, and, you know, and we'll never we'll never know when it started for him. You know, we'll never know how much of his excellence was before he started to feel the effects of aging and chose to do it. We'll never yeah, know. But, they put, but the difference, though, is that there was actually a program in place. That's for and sure. And you knew that, it, you know, if you got caught, you were going to be out. And he did it anyway. Yeah. So to me, that you know, that's the uh, demarcation uh, place for me insofar as Manny and, and Bonds and Clemens. Clemens and Bonds, you know, I, 
I, I make exceptions for them that I don't make for other players because they're, they weren't just great players. They're all-time great players. But at the same time, tell what they did, you yeah. know. Uh, if, if, it's emba- if it would be embarrassing for Bonds to have that on his plaque, so be it. So be it. <laughs> li- li- live with it and, and wear it and tell the full story. Stan, appreciate the phone call very much. Yeah, you know, it, it's they're in different places, Bonds and Clemens, and it's an interesting moment for us to discuss because we've got so much of Bonds now on the record from last week with that article on The Athletic that I referenced, and we just heard from Roger right here on the air. And we, we asked Roger if he felt like what Bonds feels like, a ghost. And MLB's giving him a death sentence. Hell no. Roger's so comfortable with what he believes and what he says out loud that he's uh, he's just doing his thing you know he 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 believes where he is and is uh, absolutely comfortable in a way that that bonds is not and and you know what that speaks to it speaks to their personalities what they needed barry bonds always struck me as a guy who desperately needed the love the affirmation the validation of the public of the baseball world and don't you understand it? Growing up, the son of Bobby Bonds, who was a terrific player, multi-tool player, speed and power guy. Growing up with Willie Mays as his godfather and uh, Willie McCovey in his life. Want to be great. Need to be great. Better tell me I'm great. How can I be great? And he was great, but then he just wanted it even more. So anyway, that's the personality, and that's why Bonds is left sad, lonely right now. Whereas Clemens is... Is not. It does not appear. Clemens, I think, was always a guy who just never really gave a crap what a lot of people feel, and I think he still doesn't give a crap what a lot of people feel. And do you find it odd that Bonds is taking this stance, especially you know showing that he was just recently in the game as a hitting coach in Miami? I don't know that. It, but what stance is he taking? I think he ended up having what was a very honest and vulnerable conversation with a with a media guy that he had grown to begrudgingly respect, and within that conversation. He says, I, I wish I had been kinder. I wish I had been nicer. Like, he's, a, he's, he's a, a man growing up and realizing some of the errors of his ways, some of the error of his ways. I don't think it was a stance that he took. It was just, this is actually how I feel. I'm, uh, you know, and he's sad. He's needy enough that it just comes out. The idea, though, that he's a, he's a ghost in baseball, although he's not banned from the sport, he's clearly still allowed to be involved in the sport as well. Mm. And I think, you know, you just look at the two sides, like you were mentioning, where Bonds feels alone and, and, and broken, where Clemens is like, yeah, I'm watching my kids play baseball. Yep. I'll, I'll go with any team. I'll have fun. I love the game. It just seems like, you know, Clemens is a guy grew up in Texas, loves baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Clemens is a guy who just decided – well, screw it. I'll just, I'll just go on about my business and live my life. I got my foundation. I got my kids. I got my family. He's doing his thing. And, uh, you know, it, we didn't get into it with Roger, but I've heard him. He says he doesn't care about the Hall of Fame anymore. So he doesn't care. He's moved on. I don't know if that's true, but I, I think it's at least partially true, and that's a testament to his mindset. It's 670 the score. That's where you are. It's hit and run. Top of the hour, Steve Stone on the White Sox on our lack of baseball and more. When we come back, though, we have an update on spring training facilities, update on, uh, on what teams are being asked and allowed to do, and we'll tell you how that relates to the concept of when opening day might be. That's coming up next.
on 670 The Score. This hour is brought to you by Heineken. Drink responsibly. And the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern. Coach Fitz and the Northwestern football program return to Wrigley Field on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with the purchase of a season tickets. Buy now at nusports.com. Shift is on for Bird around to the right in the infield. Strike three called at 101 miles an hour on the outside corner. That's the way you finish off your first inning after two years. Go back in time. That was Wednesday? Wednesday. Michael Kopech threw 11 pitches. It was a simpler time. This segment on The Score is brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Illini Care Health for health care coverage that includes free gym memberships, after-school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice Illinois plan. So MLB just sent out a memo to all of uh, the baseball um, general managers and assistant general managers, and not just them. The The memo is officially to club owners, presidents, and CEOs, club points of contact for coronavirus, general managers, and assistant general managers. And it is updated guidance on activities at club facilities. So here's the deal. We know that MLB has been leaving their facilities open. Guys can stay there. Some entire teams voted to stay. Zach Britton and the Yankees said, let's stay. The, I believe the Tigers voted to stay. A couple other teams. I think the Cardinals voted to go home, or maybe it was the Reds that voted to go home. There was that picture of the Reds clubhouse with absolutely no one in it and a bottle of hand sanitizer conveniently placed on the table in the middle of the picture. That was whew, tears. If you wanted tears, they were there. But here's, here's the memo, and here's the important stuff from the memo. We have been in discussions with the Players Association in an attempt to reach an overall agreement to address the myriad of issues resulting from coronavirus. Those discussions are ongoing. We have not yet reached an agreement. But here is the unfortunate truth of what they're doing. That teams... As Evan Drylick and Ken Rosenthal were reporting originally, teams are to end organized workouts at spring slash home parks. That's everywhere. So they have to stop having organized workouts of any kind. Individual items such as injury rehab can continue, but they need to follow more stern social distancing practices. Maybe we should have known this by the fact that the manager and all the coaches went home yesterday, at least for the Cubs, as Theo Epstein talked about. But um, every every uh, organization has to end completely organized workouts. So those entire teams that voted to stay, no, there's not going to be organized workouts anymore. They're going to be gone. So Shut from, it down! Yeah, pretty much. From the MLB memo to clubs, the strong recommendation from our infectious disease and public health experts is that clubs should avoid all activities in which players congregate in significant numbers or are otherwise unable to practice the social distancing protocols recommended by the CDC. We've all gotten to know the phrase social distancing. CDC, Center for Disease Control. The risk of a player in a club facility contracting the virus is real, and we must implement protocols to protect the safety and well-being of our players and staff members. In addition, 
we must recognize that there is the potential for further federal and state restrictions that will impact our operations, including restrictions on travel. So, shutting it down. No dice. No hanging around. Non-roster players have been instructed to return to their off-season residences to the extent that it is practical. Players on the 40-man roster, they are permitted to remain at the spring training site and they're eligible to receive their usual spring training allowances so they can get get paid. But that many 40-man roster players have chosen to remain in camp to date. We anticipate that may change in the coming days as events continue to unfold and players become better educated about current conditions. So I have uh, a pitch for you. Um, okay. You've been, you, you talked a little bit, you know, when we you started talking about the whole show that you want to maybe possibly bring some music into this. Yeah. Um, and you said people are probably listening to, to, to music, you know, right now with no sports going on, but maybe we bring some music in there and obviously you're your parody song uh, legend with the Mitch album. Uh, maybe Goodbye Baseball in the, the idea of Goodbye Stranger. By Super Tramp. Super Tramp. Well, it, but it's already gone away. I hear what you're saying. Are you saying that I need to bring uh, the parody song skill set to hit and run this year? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm game. I haven't really sat down and, and crafted and, and stretched that parody song muscle out since we hope the Bears win with Trubisky. We realize and can admit the plan is kind of risky. That's the last one. And that was a full um, station-wide product. Project with Dan Bernstein in the role of Kenny Rogers, um, Danny Parkins in the Bruce Springsteen role, singing the counter melody at the end. Uh, there was all, all kinds of stuff. There are people trying, <laughs> Jay Zawaski, everybody, to execute a plan <laughs> for Mitch, the greatest gift of all. That's I think Mitch Rosen. We got to break it back. Yeah. And also, I got another one, too, because uh-huh. I misremembered You're So Bad by Tom Petty as You're So Mean. Uh, but now, just with the way he spelled it, we could just do a You're, you're Mean Mercedes uh, a parody oh, song. Oh, You're well. Mean you're mean Mercedes. Yeah, that's not bad. That's it. I'm I, out of ideas. I, well, I realized the other night, um, and I, look, I'll give this one up because uh, Tributosaurus was, was going to do it. We had a gig the other night. We played. Then we had a gig last night. We didn't play. Now that has been postponed, and I think that was a wise choice. But uh, COVID-19 to the tune of Come On Eileen is really, it's just, it it yearns to be done. Oh, COVID-19, well, I swear, right? Poor old USA. (laughs) Be great one. Yeah. Everybody thought they had mono, because there's a line in there like a million hearts in mono. Everybody thought they had mono, but I don't know. Like, this is the kind of stuff that really is, is going to get us through. I, I think this along with MLB The Show. A lot of video games. You planning on playing some MLB The Show, Sean? I imagine you are. I, uh, I dropped the $100 instead of the $60 to play it early, uh, uh, but unfortunately I've been working this entire weekend, so I haven't been able to play it, so well, I wasted $40 oh, on that. you'll have time. You can settle in for first pitch at 7.05 and start a full-on season every night. Start a league, you know? Uh, you, you've, you've got options. I would have to go back and play the Roger Clemens NES baseball that I used to play. Didn't get a chance to bring that up with Roger. Should have. <laughs> That's the one. I still have it. I still have my regular Nintendo system. The NES, not the SNES. 
But this, the Roger Clemens MVP baseball, I still have. And I have one friend, Bad Influence Davey. When Bad Influence Davey comes to town, um, sometimes it's been a while. I'll sit around and smoke all the marijuana and play all the video games available. Including this one. You're pretty adamant about the SNES version. Is it was the NES version bad? Uh, no, it's just that the theme that triggers all the thoughts for me is from uh, is from the NES version. The best thing about the NES version of Roger Clemens MVP Baseball, by the way, was the names of the players. They were not allowed or licensed to use anybody's name except Roger Clemens, but they put entire rosters together, approximating the names. And faking them. For instance, the Oakland A's, which were a great team, because I believe this was a 1991 game or 92 game, had the Bash brothers, right? Instead of Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, their names were J. Bash and M. Bash. Their leadoff hitter was R. Speed. That was Ricky Henderson. And the numbers and the skill sets matched up with all those guys. It was so much fun. Those entire rosters. Like Greg Maddox for the Braves was Gaddix, G-A-D-D-U-X. So they got really close, but they couldn't actually give you the name. The shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles was named Rip Cal. Rip Cal. I get it. <laughs> so you'd sit there and try to remember, like on that A's team, Carnford. Carnford was Carney Lansford, the third baseman. What was X name? Uh, you remember uh, that one? I don't know. Was it Deckersley? It might have just been De- Decker. They weren't even trying there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Decker. I'll have to look. I'll have to look. But yeah, it was everything was really close to the actual name except Roger Clements. That was the only name they were licensed to use. Oh, video games. They might have to save us all and some other things as well. Conversation is what will save us. Delving inside the minds of ballplayers and former ballplayers is what's going to save us. It's what's going to save this show. Steve Stone is next on Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 